Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, folks. I would like to introduce myself. My name is Payal and I am a traveler who also loves to meet people. And I think a blend of both is where this concept of melting pot has come about. In my melting pot series, I will be talking to lots of inspiring people from different parts of the world and also from different cultures, whom I meet during all my travels. The common factor between these folks will be the desire to follow their passion and make it a way of life. So step into this melting pot and enjoy the chats. Hi listeners, welcome to another episode of Melting Pot, a series of conversations with, as you already know, very diverse and passionate people from across the globe. My guest today is the very, very talented Eshwa Imran, um, who's a Singaporean. He's an accomplished artist and I am in conversation with him in Singapore. Imran is the founder and artistic director of Mural Lingo. It has been described, I read somewhere, as a social and environmentally conscious studio that works at the intersection of technology and arts. Thank you so much for joining me today, Imran. And I'm really, really excited for you to share your journey and how did the mural lingo come about and also your journey as an artist. Thanks, Paul. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for having me on board to share my experience, my, my, my journey as an artist and entrepreneur. So um, I guess it all started when um, about 10 years ago when I decided to do like my BA in Fine Arts in La Salle. And then I completed my, my Bachelor's in Fine Arts. And I, uh, after that, I was kind of uh, looking for uh, a job that is kind of related to what I studied in Fine Arts. But, I realized but that is that something that you were interested in growing up? Uh, being an artist? Yes. No, to be honest, no. Oh, okay. Yeah, That's I was not interesting. interested in being an artist. Yeah. Okay. So what actually were you interested in? Uh, I was interested in a lot of things. Like I was interested in traveling. I was interested... I was good in sports. I was uh, interested to be an athlete. Uh, so when I was doing... When I was serving my nat- uh, national service in like uh, the civil defense, I was trained as a firefighter. During the second month of my training, I conquered an injury. Uh, a spinal injury and due to wow. that yeah due to that I was not able to complete the training and I felt that that kind of like shifted my, my life path so uh, after that I was kind of like um, in rehabilitation for uh, about a year and during that period of time I kind of picked up like illustration and drawing and stuff and one of my colleagues uh, 
just recommended that I go for this uh, LaSalle's uh, open call or like um, open house and I decided to just go and sign up for my bachelor's right after my national service and yeah that's, that's just kind of like how like, yeah I, I didn't really like, plan to become an artist I just happened to become an artist because I felt that it was something that that was just calling out to me at, in my early 20s okay. and yeah and when I while I was doing it then I felt that I was I was good. I was good at what I was doing, because I felt that like being an artist, um, the most important thing is expression. How free do you feel to express yourself, like without any fear, uh, fear of judgment, fear of like being accepted? Like, how much do you want to express yourself? And I felt that I was, um, I was able to do that. I was able to do that, and I was able to share with everyone that like we all deserve to like express how we feel like, through like different mediums. So along the way, I just like picked it up. Yeah. Okay, so moving forward after you finished with LaSalle, yeah. um, and in case, and not in case, but <laughs> there are a lot of listeners who are not probably familiar with Singapore. Um, so I just want to add in here that LaSalle is a very well known college yeah. for the arts yeah. and um, it's, it's very highly recognized. Yeah. So if you're a graduate from LaSalle, then you have a very high uh, standing yes, and opportunities as well. Yes, absolutely. Uh, it's, uh, in Singapore, there's just a few very prominent like, art institutions and LaSalle is definitely one of them. In LaSalle, like, we get our certs from like, Goldsmith UK. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. So okay. the standards that, uh, in which we are graded in is like, similar to the Goldsmiths in, uh, in, in, in London. And uh, yeah, absolutely. Like so, when you graduate in from LaSalle, especially in Singapore, I feel that like, um, every, like especially uh, in the creative industry, yeah, people know that like uh, you you you're qualified with like a certain degree. Yeah. Okay. So then, uh, moving forward, after you graduated, yeah. you said that you were looking for a job. Yeah. Related yeah. to the fine arts. Yes, that's right. Okay. So and? right after I graduated, like you know, I mean, after you graduate from an art institution, you're just looking for whatever you can do to survive, right? So I was working as like uh, working in a restaurant as a waiter. I was working in a, a cinema, like uh, tearing the tickets, you know, because. So I was doing all, all the odd jobs and I was not very happy with my life. You know, I felt that like... Is it because you were not able to find a job in the, I'm assuming, in a creative agency? Well, I was looking for it, but I felt okay. that like, yeah, there wasn't that many available. And then like, at some point I did find a few jobs which was related to being art facilitator, like, you know, art tutor, assistant to like uh, artists. But I still felt that my entire set of skills was not uh, being explored through that through those jobs and uh, there was this uh, there's ones uh, like I, I found this post that someone was looking for um, a mural painter to, to paint a mural in a school so it's an educational mural they wanted to paint for all the kids and I responded to that post and completed that mural this was in 2013 mm -hmm. uh, between 2013 to 14 yeah so I completed that mural and I felt really uh, satisfied doing that because I felt that I was learning quite a lot. Like I was learning about the design aspects. I was learning about communicating with a client. Were the children also involved in? No. in they weren't. No. Okay, so this was like a project for yeah. you. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And what was the theme of the mural? Uh, that mural was about creating a educational mural to 
to teach the children about road safety. So they want the the the, the school heads wanted to educate the children about road safety. How do you like uh, before you cross the roads? Like how do you look out for traffic? So on and forth. But they wanted to create a mural which should educate them about it. So uh, what my my team and I what we did was uh, to create a, a snake and ladder uh, map which was painted on the floor where the kids can play this game and learn about road safety. Okay, yeah. interesting. So, yeah. So I also like through my research, I also started to see that like painting a mural is not just about beautifying a space. There was a lot of different like purposes, like such as like educational purpose or. Marketing purpose. There's so many different purposes that you so can So, like every, every, you felt that every mural had a message. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I started doing research on the history of murals it, itself, and um, like believe it or not, murals are one of the oldest forms of arts. You know, like when when we when we go through our, our like art education, like during the first lecture, we are introduced to the history, like art history, and the first thing that they teach us is like the cave paintings are considered like murals, which has been uh, one of the oldest forms of like art, which was created by humans, which is like, like thousands of years old, like more than like tens of tens of thousands of years old, and um, so I started to see that it was like kind of like an evolution, like of like what we are at right now. So all these beautiful murals that we see uh, on the streets, they're kind of like an evolution of like um, humans, like our ancestors, trying to leave behind a message or a trace of like their existence. So we're still doing that, you know, but in, in a different way. Yeah. With different yeah. mediums. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that kind of got me interested. And after that, I was trying to look for um, a job so I can practice more mural paintings. And I didn't really find any companies or organizations that I could resonate with. So I decided to just start muraling. And so how many years ago was that? So six years ago. Six years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So tell my listeners and me about mural lingo. So yeah, Muralingo is a is a multi-disciplinary platform studio which works in the intersection of arts and technology. So as the name itself like states, it's a mural lingo with so, a language. Yeah. So it yeah, so it's like yeah. it's a communicator. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So yeah. it's uh, it's it's uh, communicating through murals or painting visual communication. It started off as a platform which kind of uh, connects like artists with clients who are interested in murals. And then it kind of grew into a, uh, a collective of sorts. And then over the last few years, uh, we started integrating technology as well because we were really interested in uh, creating innovative projects. And we felt that like innovation, in, in, in order for innovation to take place, you need a space where there's uh, interdisciplinary collaborations. So right, inter- right. interdisciplinary collaborations necessary in order for like new conceptions in the arts or in the technology of anything. So that is where the, the technology came in. So we started uh, experimenting with like different technologies to create a more immersive experience for the viewers. So for example, if you think about if you think about say you know like sometimes when you when you are in a CBD area in the lobby, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you see these uh, exhibition platforms where they share about oh and environmental messages or data about plastic waste and so on and forth. But something that you notice is that like those exhibition Walls have been the same for so long that when someone goes down, they just glance at it, they walk away, right? So it doesn't what, have the impact. Exactly, yeah. it doesn't yeah. have the impact that it used to yeah. anymore because it's a static image which people have been like bombarded with throughout the whole day through their phones, through their Instagram and like Facebook and LinkedIn, so on and forth. 
So what I feel is that like if someone is walking down and then if there is a visual image, moving image on that, okay, for example, let's say we first we collect the data of like whatever message that we want to share. Let's say it's about environment and we want to share this data, these findings with the people. We have the platform. We have this high foot, footfall. So what I feel is that if there's moving images, if there's technology integrated where when you're walking past, the sensor is picked up and then the mural calls out saying, hey, you, you know, like, you, you, you're not looking at, looking at like, uh, the message. You know? And then the person is now being engaged with not just their visual sensors, but also their auto sensors. Oh, so it's, um, it's, it talks to you, yeah, I'm, the mural. I'm, I'm trying to build, That's what yeah, you're building on. Yeah. Okay. So I'm okay. trying to build murals which has multi-sensory interactive elements. And in experience. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So using like touch, using like motion sensors, using sound activation to kind of like create a space where uh, the viewers would no longer have to just look at a painting anymore, but they can interact with it. Yeah. Because I feel that like when someone interacts with, it, with their senses, it feels more human-centered. Yeah, it feels more humanistic that they want to kind of like communicate further with it. And while they do that, they get absorbed into to kind of like processing the, the information as well. Right, right. So this is what I am like driving towards right now. I feel that like these little changes can actually impact someone's processing of an information. So which um, area, are you more focused on the business district area or are you also looking at, you know, MRT stations or areas that I guess have high, high yes. human traffic, right? Yes. So that the engagement will be a lot more yeah. and I guess the target will be a lot yeah. more than than if it was in a residential area for Absolutely. example yeah. okay interesting so, so yeah. is this project does it have legs are you yeah. seeing an interest uh, being generated okay this some of the, the the things that i shared with you earlier are things that we are still developing in our media lab right now okay so you have a media lab yes mm. so we, we just set up a media lab uh, this year earlier okay. this year okay. to kind of experiment with this technology so so far we have already um, like kind of discovered how can we use like a voice command to activate lights in the mural. So for example, when you say red, all the red color in the mural will pop up. If you say blue, all the blue will pop up. Something like this. And we we have also like kind of um, integrated like motion sensors where when you move your hands, you, you change the animation that happens in the mural. So these are some of the things that we are experimenting with right now. Uh, and to answer your question, like there are interests, uh, but we are still working on like selected things such as like the the logistics and the costs and so on and forth. Because I feel that like as much as people might be interested to experiment with these technologies, it also comes with the cost. Cost, yeah, yeah because, absolutely, yeah, yeah because yeah. it involves cost that is beyond Miralingo's capacity of sorts. Because we need to buy projectors, and these are things that we need to go to like external vendors to, to procure and uh, depending on the different walls that we are using like it requires different uh, specs as well so uh, we are still in the process of figuring out how can we create a model where the customer knows how much it's going to cost and how impactful it will be so at the moment like a lot of our projects are, our income and the revenue still comes from uh, private commissions Okay. Yeah, private commissions or workshop or social murals that we provide for like corporate clients. And 
like other residents. But these uh, technology-related murals are kind of like in the labs right now. Okay. Yeah. And uh, do you have like a panel of artists who... Yeah, so we have a team of artists, designers. Um, we have a creative technologist intern. We have uh, someone who oversees the communications in like social media in, um, in our website. Uh, we have another another colleague of mine oversees the, the the multimedia, which is like the photography, videos, okay. and another colleague of mine kind of like oversees the, the business strategies. Yeah. So because you're so busy with this media lab yeah. and you know creating ideas yeah. and generating ideas, do you get time to paint yourself? No, <laughs> you yeah. don't. So honestly, sometimes I miss that. Yeah, yeah. sometimes I really miss. Uh, just painting, yeah. Because mm. in the beginning when I started Muralingo, I was developing the designs, I was making the paintings, I was doing everything. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. it's just me. The company is just me, right? But as as you grow a company, you need to like, delegate the jobs. You need to uh, give up some of the things that you may love doing in order to do the things that no one else is not, yet cap- uh, is not capable to do it yet. So right now, like my value is uh, in like developing the business, connecting with partners, selling the services that we have, creating like uh, offering like creative direction for the projects. And due to this, I need to delegate my management and painting and designing to others. To others, yeah. Yeah. So that it frees up time for you to be able to develop. Exactly. And then you you have to get to that stage where you're then able to actually sit back and say okay now I can start to paint again because yeah. it's developed it's moved on it's yeah that's yeah. that's interesting you're listening to a fusion of stories recounted for the first time ever by some fascinating people from across the globe with me Pyle on this very unique and special podcast series, Melting Pot. Typical day in my life, like right now, involves me just sitting in front of a computer for sometimes seven to eight hours. Wow. (laughs) Because a lot of times, you know, like a lot of the the proposal writing, responding to the clients, everything just happens like online. But you know, one of the good things that happened, I would say due to the COVID situation, is like during the COVID, uh, you know, when we went into a lockdown, right? There's about three to four months of no projects at all. Everything was on hold. And as much as I tried to keep myself busy with like developing new projects and so on and forth, it is a physical operations. Yeah. So as much as you conceptualize, you, you have to go down and paint murals physically, right? And since that was deprived of me, what I started doing was I started kind of like getting in touch with my own art practice. So besides running Muralingo as the founder and the creative director, I'm also an independent artist. So okay. I have my own art practice. I do. I used to do like exhibitions locally and internationally, which I kind of uh, started to neglect because my responsibilities as a director of a company started to be quite overwhelming. Like it took over. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So what the what the COVID period did was that like no matter how much of time I spent working on Muralingo, there was still like a few days of like so what 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 can I do now? I'm still free, right? Because there's no physical projects anymore. Yeah, yeah. So what I did was I started paying more attention to my art practice. I started developing like a little bit of projects that I'm passionate about as an independent artist, rather than developing projects under my company Muralingo. So, for example, one of the projects that I've been working on for like some time now is uh, this international art festival called Power Play. 
So uh, Power Play is uh, an international festival that that right now like we are gonna like uh, launching it in two weeks time, co-curating it with two other like uh, artists and curators in Singapore. In Singapore, okay. Yeah. So is it like a Singapore-based? Okay. Yeah, it's a Singapore-based okay. uh, festival. Festival. Yeah. yeah. Inviting twenty local and twenty international artists, and it. So what it does is it kind of like uh, posts uh, interesting questions about power, the dynamics of power, and try to present the works in a more playful manner. So, for example, for this year, probably 2020, the subject matter is Invisible Lines, uh, and we are trying to um, pose questions about geopolitics. Like, we are asking the artists to uh, kind of, like, um, create works that addresses um, geopolitical power. So every two years, it's a biennial festival. So every two years, we are planning to post new questions. So each time, it could be a different. Uh, it could be investigating different kinds of power. It could be personal power. It could be spiritual power. It could be political. It could be um, like about gender. It could be anything because power is is present in 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 in, in our lives Lives, all the time. Yeah. So we felt that like power to kind of question and to kind of investigate power as a subject matter is kind of like endless you know there's so much of content so this is something that I was uh, really interested in like to, to kind of like create like art festivals to, to kind of like work on my own art projects so on and forth and another project that I started developing together with one of my colleagues is a project that investigates sand mining sand mining yes that's right so for example um a lot of people may not know, but uh, Singapore is actually the world's largest um, importer of sand. And we also grew by land by about 20 to 25% over the last few decades. So um, a few of our neighbours have all already uh, banned us from mining sand in their land. So we are a nation that is obsessed with sand. Right. Yeah. And sand yeah. is the second most uh, used medium in the world material in the world besides water so sand is actually an extremely valuable commodity commodity exactly even though it's all around us it's present in buildings as well because buildings glass cement everything uses sand but I feel that it's a subject matter that has not been explored enough especially in like environmental context how like sand mining or like moving sand from one place to another has certain uh, environmental um, like Damages, you know, like that can take place through like the movement of sand. So that is another project that I'm also like developing right now together with like my colleague. So yeah, these are some of the, the some of the projects, personal projects, like uh, my own personal art practice that I was able to develop uh, due to the, the COVID. You know. Right. Right. Yeah, so I guess like a couple of good things happened. You know. Yeah, I know. I I agree. I agree. It's just. I mean, I know the world has gone into a complete... It's turned on its head. But um, personally, a lot of people have been able to look inwards. A lot of people have found this time to actually pursue things that they've... Because they are... They get into a certain routine in their lives. Not they, we, all of us do. Um, so it's it's given us an opportunity to actually think out of the box because time, we tend to forget, is so precious. And we just get so mechanical and so robotic in whatever we're doing. So, it, I mean, the same with you. You've suddenly realized that 
there are certain personal projects that have meant a lot to you, but you haven't probably had the time, and you've also got into that cycle of of things. Yeah, so absolutely. that's that's quite amazing. And these two seem to be like really, really, I guess, close to your heart yeah. projects, right? Absolutely. So absolutely. that's 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 quite amazing. And speaking of time, you know, like I feel that like that is a very interesting subject matter to like come to explore, explore as well. Yeah, it's true. You know, like. Uh, and speaking of time and speaking of Neuralingo, one of the reasons what uh, inspired me to, to start Neuralingo, to be a, a self-employed, to be an entrepreneur, is because I wanted to have ownership of my own time. Yeah, mm. because a lot of times yeah. I feel, yeah. Yeah, you know, a lot of times I feel that I, something that bothered me a lot is that when you, when you graduate and when you become an artist, when you start doing your art practice, in, in a way, you already see all the possibilities. Unless if you are born to a very wealthy family where you do not ever have to work and you are funded with hundreds of thousands of dollars to do whatever you want, you have to sustain your, your art practice by doing a job, right? Yeah. So every week, you have to set aside at least 40 hours, 30 hours doing something else, another job, in order to pay for your own art practice, right? So this is time that has been used and it may not even be things that you enjoy doing. Yeah. Right? So it's out of necessity more than pleasure. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So I realized that uh, that is one of the paths of being a creative, of being an artist, of being a designer, being anything like related to the creative industry. Whether you're an actor, a musician, or a painter, whatever, a photographer, you have to also do another, you have to moonlight, you know, in order to sustain yourself. And I didn't enjoy it that idea that I'm going to be have I'm going to have to invest like 30, 40 or 50 hours a week doing things that will not really add to my value and my skill and I wanted to kind of like curate my life in a way where I have the freedom to choose what I want to do and I knew that it will come in the in the cost of uh, stability I knew that it will come in the cost of earning lesser um, than someone who has chosen the more stable kind of like a curated path oh, yeah. but I felt that my time is actually more valuable than any of that yeah because the uh, money and all those other things at some point I can earn it back you know? but the time that we lose is gone forever so I wanted to curate my life in a way where I was okay to take a little bit of uh, a hit yeah, and yeah exactly yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, the seeds in the beginning knowing that like it's, it's a marathon it's not a sprint in like what's going to happen 5, 10, 15 years from now can change everything. So I felt that like I had that mentality from the beginning which kind of like um, motivated me to kind of start Neuralingo as well because I knew that then I would be able to choose when I want to do what I want to do in, in, in the pleasure of like my own, own time. Yeah. And then you're more productive. Exactly. Because uh, it's things that you want to do exactly and it's not something that is being forced on you so you automatically like you said you get more motivated and more excited and yeah. no completely i completely agree with yeah. that philosophy yeah. and and there's no gain without a risk yeah. so if you had gone the normal way and done whatever is expected of you because that's the norm, 
you wouldn't be where you are today. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah, so absolutely, yeah. you know, that's what life is all about. Yeah. And absolutely. actually, these are the kind of guests that I really enjoy talking to, like yourself, who may have started differently, but have evolved and found a path which then come what may you stick by and then it becomes a passion and then anything is achievable because i i truly believe that nothing's impossible if you put your mind to it if you have the talent and the passion for it you will definitely succeed so i'm i'm pretty certain that that's what's going to happen with you as well imran thank you so much and i've really enjoyed and it it's been quite i mean and the way you've talked uh, my listeners and me through your journey in in this very it's a very logical way <laughs> right so? yeah no absolutely even though you're creative it feels like a mess <laughs> no not at all because you you've compartmentalized and you said oh, okay oh, i'm going to do this and then yeah. at the same time i'm also going to do that technology is so exciting today and there's always so much new to learn from that so you've invested a lot of your energy into trying to combine the arts with technology which is the direction that you're looking at but at the same time the human side of things you're not letting go of and i think that's quite quite amazing yeah yeah um speaking of the the the, the art and technology we have I'm pretty sure everyone has already experienced technology-based works, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, what something that I realized is that when we experience just like digital works, I feel that people don't feel the same feeling as a traditional sculpture or painting, right? Yeah. And I, I feel that too. So when I try to ask myself, like, why do we feel that way? It's because when someone creates a digital work, someone is thinking of like, or oh, that person was sitting behind a computer and like doing the work. But when we think of someone who did a painting or sculpture, Sculpture. We feel that the person was picking up all these skills to to create this uh, this work. So I felt that like it's really nice to create like a link between these two, like a traditional medium with technology, a digital work, because it's a lot more common to see one or the other. Yeah, right? but not a combination of yeah. both. Yeah, it's very rarely do we see a combination of both. Yeah, so that we without the technology, you still see a piece that was created with technical skills that was uh, earned through years and years of practice. Yeah. And with that digital kind of like a overlap on that traditional medium, now it creates a, a entirely different experience for the viewers because we live in a digital world. Yeah. We live we are now like physical beings with digital presence. Yeah. Yeah. Which is uh, a digital presence which is becoming more and more challenging to to kind of like disintegrate. So how can we forget? How, how can we like leave behind technology? Like I feel that like we need to find a more harmonious way to kind of like marry these two. Yeah, yeah. Together. yeah. yeah. So this this is an attempt. You know, I'm not saying that we are there. I'm not saying that I'm there. I'm not saying that anyone is there. But I feel that it is our struggle. It is our struggle in the 21st century, living in our times, being alive in this time. I feel that we are going through the struggle to balance. Uh, 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 organic spiritual life and uh, continue like our presence in the digital life in the world. You know, kind of like we are, we are still we are we are in that. 
uh, journey. We're yeah. all in that journey yeah. to find balance in these two worlds. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's yeah, that's that's so true. That's what we are experiencing today, and um, which is with time, obviously, with so much so much new technology coming in. You can't ignore that aspect, but at the same time, you can't forget the like you said the traditional form of art and your attempt to try and combine both is just incredible i've really enjoyed uh, this chat with you imran thank you so much i really enjoyed it too you know like uh, i feel that sometimes having these dialogues yeah uh, kind of like helps open up little new Yeah, because there are things that, which is why, you know, a lot of my guests before they'll send me an email or they'll ask me, you asked me as well before the start of the conversation that will there be a QA? and a But I personally don't believe in that because I think if it's a QA, and a then you're very alert and you expect to respond in a certain way. But here it's just a free flow conversation. The recorder has even forgotten. (laughs) Um, It's very organic. It's organic. And I I feel that my guests get more stimulus from it and you know and, and they all open up a lot more and that's what belting pot is all about yeah. thank you once again imran thank you so much imran must have really had a very tough time after the spinal injury but he has overcome his adversities and discovered a passion for mural art which is taking him places He has such a wonderful attitude and I'm definitely waiting for his talent and passion to develop into something really, really global. Hope you've enjoyed listening to Imran share his story with us. For more such inspirational stories, do continue to listen to Melting Pot with me, Pyle.